0: Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to you can always check out our online live services every sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc thanks again for joining us enjoy the message Um, well this morning as we continue uh in through uh, different teachings through different series to wrap up this year if you are taking notes today we are revisiting the idea of planting, if you want to write that down, planting in your notes, um, and really as we begin this, let me just let me just say this up front, um, if, if you're new to our church, or you're visiting from out of town, or this is your first Sunday, I do want to tell you, uh, this morning is a little bit different of a Sunday morning, a little bit different of a message, uh, ultimately, I'm not even sure, I, I do think it is a message, but it's probably different than you'd normally hear on a Sunday, normally we'd open up the scriptures, here's what Jesus said, we look at the life of Jesus, we see uh, how he would want us to live, and we believe that he would change and transform. us. Yet when we realize the church, first of all, the church isn't a building. Uh, The church is the people of God, so we together are the community. We are the church. Uh, The church isn't just about we need to learn from the scriptures every week, but because we're a community, I think it's important to pause at different times, and say, so how's our community doing? Is this a healthy community? Are we doing everything we know to do to be a faithful witness that God would want us to be to the world? And so today is almost more of an update, if you will, on where we're at as a church, where we're continuing to go, and maybe a challenge for the rest of the year. Yet I would also say this. So if you're, if you're new here, you're like, great, I came to like an update Sunday. It's not a normal Sunday. First of all, come back next week. Awesome, yes, do that. But I would also say this. I think it's a great Sunday to be new to our church. So I think you'll get a little bit more of the picture of the heartbeat. What's this place about? What is it this, this church is actually trying to do and to accomplish? And where are they spending their, and, and their time and their attention uh, and their resources? And I, I think you'll get a little glimpse of who we are as a community. So I do think it's still a great Sunday to be here. And to begin, I really wanna ask you a question today, and I hope you've thought about this, you probably haven't, but I hope you may begin to answer it. And the church is this, in your mind, who does the church exist for? Why are we here? What are we doing? Who do we exist for as the church? And I think there's different ways you can answer that. Maybe the first, uh, first way you'd answer that is to say, I think the church is really for, like, for people on the inside to have fun and fellowship together. It's for those that are here to live life together and laugh and have fun with one another. And that is true, that's a piece of it, but is that our primary focus? I think if we're going to be the church that God has called the church to be in Scripture, then the church must redefine and say, who does the church exist for? I think we must say the entire world. For as a church, I think our role is to reflect and to represent God to the world. That when they would encounter this group of people, they would encounter love, they would encounter grace, the goodness, the truth, and the beauty of who God is. They would see that in and through us and how we live with one another, and if this becomes our main focus, that's where we will see God clearly use our church, and I believe he wants to bless our church in the way moving forward. Because I would say this, um, I stumbled in the first service because uh, I haven't seen this movie. Uh, I, I'm, again, I'm already blanking on the name of it, but I remember a line from the movie. Uh, the line was, I see dead people. You know, does somebody know what movie that is? Six Sense, thank you, thank you. I haven't seen it didn't come quick to mind. Uh, I see dead people, and um, coming out of Halloween, hopefully you don't see dead people, but I would say this. Uh, for me, when I walk around our community, when I'm walking the aisles of mire, when I'm sitting in the coffee shop, when I'm just meeting people out in public at a, an event, I see people, and maybe you do too, but when we become to live lives for other people, we begin to see sometimes a little bit beneath the surface, and while everyone is happy and I'm doing great and how are you and how's the kids, how's the family, that's phenomenal. If you look a little bit deeper, man, I see, I don't know if you do, but I see so many people that I believe that are maybe a little dead on the inside, um, that are living, as scripture says in Ephesians 2, it says they're living in this world without God and therefore without hope. I see people on the hamster wheel of running at a phenomenal pace to keep up, to do all the things, all the things that promise us life. But ultimately they look at their life and they're still in the same place, wondering what is all of this for? Why am I doing this? I see people that on the surface look great, but underneath they're struggling with such anxiety and depression and mental health. They're wondering how they're gonna make it through even just another week. The more we get to know, the more we find out people, all of us, frankly, struggling. So what if we as the church said, not that we have the answers, frankly, I don't know if anything we do here is super special or the best, but here's what we can do, is introduce people to Jesus. So I believe the heartbeat of a church like this is, hey, listen, I can't change your life, you can't change your life, but could you begin to know the God who created you, the one who created you on purpose for his purpose? When we we live outside of relationship with Him, we feel it and we know it. Is something missing? Is this all that there is? Is there my built for something more than this? And when we find this relationship with God, things begin to fall in line in our life. And we live in this relationship with Him. We begin to discover that the God who created you and made you loved you so much that no matter who you are, where you're from, no matter what you've done in your life to hurt others or hurt yourself, He has continued to unconditionally love you, to continue to pursue you and say, come back to me. I want a relationship with you. I want to give you not the life you have now, but I want to change and transform you into who I have created you to be. For the American cultural gospel of the day is just affirm me for who I am. And the gospel of Jesus says, I want to change and radically transform who you are and who I've created you to be. And to me, that is good news for I need to be changed, and I believe each one of us does as well. So we meet this Jesus, who on the cross dies to forgive us of our sin, who's raised to give us new life so that we might find new life too. And I think the more that people come and encounter and they see this Jesus, it becomes a beacon of light for the watching world, so that when they live in this world without God and without hope, they could come and see there's something different here, it's something, and that something is the God who loves them. So our goal is the church is to bring people into eternal life with Jesus. Jesus actually clearly defines this in John chapter 4, which has been our verse for this entire year as a church. Jesus says this, But I tell you, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit that they harvest is people being brought to eternal life. If you were here earlier this year, I talked about our planting vision for what we're doing as a church this year. If our goal is fruit, people becoming to know Jesus, to be changed and transformed by him, to experience eternal life with Jesus, what is our role as the church? How do we participate in that? And I said, as a church, we need to be called to the work of planting, planting seeds, to begin to practice planting vision. Like a farmer who sees a cornfield and he doesn't immediately see all of the corn But he says, with this seed, I could feed my family. With this seed, I could feed others. I'm practicing this vision of what could be if I put this in the ground. So as a church this year to say, we need to be people who pray, invite, engage, invest, and see what God might do with that over the course of this year and in the life of this church to exercise planting vision. And this is in our DNA. 50 years ago, the leaders of this church saw a cornfield and practice planting vision. What if they see this, but they picture something different? What if on this property was a preschool where families could come and bring their kids and experience hope and community and love? What if on this property there would be um, soccer fields and gyms for hockey that's just constantly busy seven days a week and there's always people here? And then by coming, they would not just experience sports, they would find a safe place where community and love happens, that ultimately, not just for preschool, not just for rec and sports, but that people might come to church and find a God who loves them, that ultimately they could find a God who could change their life. And that resulted in building the building that we now have today, that could be a resource for our community, and where people could come and find Jesus. So this year, to do the work of planting. And here's what I want to do today. I'll just be up front with you. I want to share a scripture passage with you that even if you haven't been here over this, next, or over this last year, you'd say, I can think about that scripture. That can change my life even today. I want to give you an update on the work that we have been doing as a church to pause and say, are we doing what we need to be doing? And, and update you on where we're at and then challenge you to finish the year strong. So today, first, a scripture for all of us. It says this from Galatians 6. Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. It says, what you plant, you will harvest. Or another translation reads, the person who plants selfishness ignoring the needs of others and ignoring God will harvest a crop of weeds. You'll know it by looking at their life. Yet those who plant in response to God and let God's Spirit do the growth work in them harvest real, eternal, abundant life. A question for each one of us I want you to answer today. What are you planting? When you look at your life, who are you investing in? When you look at life, what are the kinds of conversations you have? Where do you spend your time? What are you investing in? What are you already planting in? I am not one with, a, what do they call it, a green thumb that like, grows plants. And like uh, I confessed earlier, I didn't even know the difference between annual and perennial like plants. I have no idea. First of all, how many of you are like plant people? Just any plant people in the room? Yes, when our planters unite, we'll have like a meeting after this. Y'all can go grow stuff, I guess. Have some fun with that. Keep them alive for more than three weeks. It's fine. Um, If you're planting and you take an apple seed and you put it in the ground, would you expect oranges to fall off of a tree? No. Even I know that. Yes, thank you. If you plant tomatoes, would you expect a palm tree and coconuts? Coconuts are disgusting, by the way, so don't, don't do that. If you planted corn, and pumpkins came up, first of all, you could make your own pumpkin spice latte and not spend seven dollars on a drink. But would you expect that? Listen, I think what this verse is saying is, in the spiritual life, hear me, in the spiritual life, there's no such thing as shortcuts. What you plant, I believe, with compounding interest, will be what you harvest where you spend your time, where you spend your life, will reveal a harvest. Hear me, if you never plant in prayer, you'll never experience peace. If you never plant in sacrificial service to others, you'll never harvest purpose. If you never plant in time spent with others, you will harvest isolation and loneliness. If you plant only in selfishness and gossip in your relationships and how you talk about others, it will result in unhealthy, toxic relationships or losing the quality ones. However, if you plant in loving God with all of your heart, doing everything you know to do to love him, you will harvest an abundant life. If you plant in loving others as you love yourself, you will harvest in life-giving community around you. If you plant in radical generosity, you will receive back for yourself a harvest of blessing. If you plant your life in surrendering to the Spirit and following Jesus in all things, you will harvest in a life, the life you were created to live, full of joy and peace and hope and life. Where are you planting today? you will harvest in the future what you plant today. And this verse goes on, and in light of that, you harvest what you plant. It says, and then in verse 9, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So there's the scripture and the challenge for every one of us today. Now today may be the more update for where we are in life of planting in the life of our church. This year we challenged you to do four things. To pray, invite, engage, and invest. Through prayer we believe that God will draw people back to himself. He will move in their hearts. Through invitations to invite others to join us in the life of the community that they may see this God. To engage, to serve well to participate in our groups, and to invest to see what God might do in the next 50 years of this church. So first of all, to pray. As a community, every one of these has a community and an individual level. As a church community, we uh, spent time in our prayer gatherings together. We'll have our third one actually just this week on Saturday. Sunday morning next week, we invite you to pray with us. And this one is not a come to the church, we're going to pray together. It's pray wherever you are for 15 minutes. Set a 15-minute block aside to pray for our church, for our community, for your family, and for our country, and I'll send you a guide so you can fill that 15 minutes. You're like, Galen, I don't pray. I definitely can't pray for 15 minutes. I'll send you a guide. It'll be fine. Uh, You sign up for it, and as a church, we're going to pray for 24 hours from 9 a.m. Saturday morning to 9 a.m. Sunday morning next week to kick off our services together. There are 18 of the 96 slots left this morning, So I encourage you to go to Next Steps or scan the QR code at the end of service, sign up, and pray with us. We believe that God will respond to our prayers. Or individually, we said, could you pray for someone specifically to know Jesus? Would you set your alarm for 4.31 p.m., and when it goes off to pray, just a quick prayer, God, for this person that I care deeply about, could you help them to enter into a relationship with you, Jesus? At 431, that is the mirror of Acts chapter 16, 31 that says, and they and their whole household believed in the Lord Jesus. So could we pray? For me, my my watch goes off. 431. If it's 431 and we're in conversation, I look at my watch, I'm not being rude, like, is this conversation wrapping up yet? No, I'll snooze it and just say a quick prayer in my mind. Lord, would you help them come to know you? This has resulted, as you've reported back each week on your connect card, that as a church together, we prayed for 3,831 days uh, over the last six months for people coming to know Jesus. And I would say this, in light of the verse, do not give up. Don't stop. Some of you are like Yaelan. You know, I've been praying for this person for six months. I don't feel like anything has changed. That verse says, "Do not give up." For just at the right time, or another translation, at the proper time, God will answer. And so we continue to pray for those we love to know Jesus. Church, we've called us to do the work of invitations to plant the seeds of people coming into the community and knowing Jesus. On a community level, we launched the Welcome to the Neighborhood Initiative so that now as people move into this area, there are 800 homes being built in the next five years of people that will move into this area. And as they do, they will receive something from us as the church that says, "Hey." We're your neighbors, we're in the neighborhood, we're here for you, here are resources for your family, we love you, we're here for you if you ever need anything, and that is up and running, so people are receiving uh, from the Welcome to the Neighborhood initiative. We also developed this year a, our small online shop of First NAS apparel that is modern and professional, the clothes that you actually want to wear and not the t-shirt that people give you, uh, and that will be live in just a few weeks before the end of the year, so you can give yourself a nice little Christmas gift and some swagger for yourself if you want, and that'll be live in just a few weeks. And the purpose of that being not just to have a nice shirt or hat, so that when other people see it and ask you about it, It would give you the excuse to say, hey, here's this church I love that I'm a part of where I'm coming to know Jesus more and more. We've crafted intentional services that you could invite people into, whether that be Food Truck Sunday, our spring kickoff party events, like our family fall festival that 950 of you came to, uh, and it was a crazy parking lot, and you somehow didn't hit each other. Thank you for that. Uh, But we created things to invite you to be able to invite other people into. And because of that, you've reported each week, how many invitations have I made hey, come to my life group with me, come play pickleball with me, come play, come watch football with me, whatever it is, come on Sunday morning. You have reported this year that you've invited 689 different times uh, for people to come in. I'm well aware that not all of you fill out a connect card, so I do believe it's more. But this year, our goal was to see 500 new guests come through our doors, and so far through 10 months this year, we have seen 706 Uh, new guests come and join us for church. So we now serve 136 kids and 47 teens each month. Now here's what I would say from this. 706, first of all, amazing, praise God, we're thankful for that. But when I see that, it's really less about the numbers and it's more about the individual people because I recognize every number represents a person and every person has a story. I think of one of my good friends, uh, and I won't name him because he's actually here this morning, uh, who's new in the last six months, and he said, for me and my family in this stage of life, I really want to seek out what I believe spiritually. And so every new person who comes to our door with their own story and their own, maybe even baggage of what they think or what they believe about God, it's incredibly important that as they come here, then they are now seeking. And scripture says, if you seek, you will find. We're praying that Jesus would reveal himself to the new people that we do have coming and they would come to know him. We pray as a church, we're inviting as a church, and we are engaging in ministry together as a church. This year we said we're gonna have an initiative on our leadership development to take those who are already serving or not yet serving and give them legitimate leadership roles within the church. Some of you have been asked to serve in a way in the last six months that you've never served before. Thank you for stepping up and to help lead the ministry of the church. This year, we created our residency and internship program, which I talked briefly about earlier. We had our three summer interns, one who now has a call to ministry, to use our church to equip the next generation. Some of you are like, Galen, you are the next generation. You're a child. But no, the next generation, to do the work of the ministry, the church should always be multiplying leaders. This year, we've engaged in conversations with Timberline Knowles to see what if we could begin to do a ministry work there. Timberline Knowles is the Women's Secular Treatment Center located here in Lamont that is mostly inpatients, and women come here at the lowest point of their life. And as a church, we ask the question, isn't that the point where Jesus needs to show up for people too? How can we bring the ministry to them? We're still in conversation about having a hosted on-site service and even good news just this last week about maybe that can happen in the new year. But even in the meantime, and I'll look at the camera Because of the eight lodges of Timberline Knolls, we know we're streaming live every single week so that you can hear the good news of Jesus in a difficult point of your life. And we're thankful that you're here and that you're watching in a part of us too, to be able to minister to them. Finally, we'll continue in our local partnerships, exploring other recovery centers, other places where we can begin new ministries. Individually, we have asked you to engage by serving and being in a life group. Uh, on a regular weekend, we have over 60 people serving in our ministries, and 170 of you are in a group every single week as an average. Continue, do the work to continue to show up and serve and love and be there for one another. So we're praying, we're inviting, we're engaging, and finally this year we're investing. We believe that through our generosity, through investing, we are planting seeds now that God will bring tuition in the next 50 years. Just like 50 years ago when they saw a cornfield and said, what could be? We're now sitting here dreaming and saying, for the next 50 years. If we were incredibly generous people, how would God want to bless us, continuing the work that he is doing here? As a church, we have resumed conversations with our building consultants to address some needs we have here. Second floor access, getting elevators, children's ministry space. You'll begin to see those plans roll out over the next 12 years. Uh, over the next 12 months. We can resume conversation with him, but also internally as a church. We've talked more about this idea of biblical stewardship. What does it look like for each one of us in response to the grace we have received from God, not out of guilt, but out of gratitude, to say, God, I want to see your mission move forward. I will decide to invest and to give to make that happen. As individuals, I'd also say this. Many of you this last six months have taken your next steps, And we say next step because we like to show you there's different ways we recognize everybody is on their own journey uh, of investing and taking these different steps. First one being a first time. Maybe I've never given to participate in the work of God's mission, so I'm gonna give for the very first time. I think of an individual in our church who said, hey, listen, I've been coming here. I love it. I'm learning more about Jesus than I've ever learned before. The Bible's coming alive and practical. And I never realized, though, I grew up Catholic, so I just thought the church ran by money coming in from some other higher up place that funds it. When Galen, when you said this is all because of our own people, I realized if I'm receiving, and they used the phrase, I want to pay it forward for the next person. I've never given, and I, I want to give for the very first time. Or maybe the next step of moving from first time to every time. Well, this is an intentional plan. It's not just here and there as I'm there, but I'm gonna regularly reoccurring, and most people do it through the app, I wanna reoccurring set up a gift so that God could use my generosity to further his mission from every time to real time. So it's intentional, but now it's based on a percentage of what comes home. And some people, if you've never done that, just start at, hey, 2%, what we bring in, that's what we're gonna give to further God's mission, Uh, leading up to the biblical call of 10%. My family and I, it's 11%. Everything we make goes back to focus on God's work and his mission moving forward or the next step of lifetime, beyond the real time, to say I want to give over and above not only my tithe but my offerings to see what God could do in and through his church. It's been fun for me to, and I won't say names again, but to have those individual conversations. Pastor, I went from just here and there to an intentional plan. And now when I see someone baptized, and now when I see someone served, a gift given, when we take care of the widows and orphans and poor, not only here, but the tens of thousands that we give for missionaries all around the world, now I know that I'm a part of their story too. Or those that would say, I revisited what our reoccurring gift was, and we started percentage and bumped it up one, because I believe God has amazing things in store for our church. And I would say this, church, and I recognize this is for you that are insiders. If this is outsiders, you're, you're in a different spot in your relationship with God, and that's fine. But for those that are insiders, what I believe that God might be calling us to do as a church, what I could see for our future, it will require an act of generosity and sacrifice. But if we do what God could do through us, to challenge you this year to take a step, maybe a step up, or to lean in to continue in our investments to see what God will do with us. So what has all of this resulted in? This year since May of our praying, our inviting, our engaging, and our investing, where do we stand today? Our goal by the end of this year is that we would grow in our church attendance by 10% month over month. And so far this year, at least through October, we have averaged 15% growth, which means if you take a look around the room, for one out of every 10 people you see in this place or online, 1.5 of them are new in the last six months. Don't ask me how you have 0.5 of a person. That's just how the numbers work out. For us, that's encouraging for someone who might know Jesus. Because as they come, they begin to journey with this, this life with God and to hear what God would have to say to them through our series. To go back in this year and God calling us, what are we creating in the world? How are we making a difference for good? Or our rename series, who am I? What is my identity in Christ? Who has he called me to be? How does that change me? Or our foundations. These are the things that we believe, that we hold true as a church. Or then our family in this last month. We see how to love them well and ask for God's blessing on them. They're taking their spiritual steps as they come in this place to know Jesus more. And a few of those steps, the, probably the most exciting things for me, that in this year we have baptized 18 adults These are people that have made a decision. I want to follow Jesus. I want to publicly tell the world, Jesus has changed my life. I've accepted him. He's forgiven me of my sins. He's now changing me. And I want to profess my faith before the world. I have decided to follow Jesus. And we celebrate them from um, just a few weeks ago, our teenagers stood in front of their peers, said, in my school, in my life now, my life in the future, I have decided to follow Jesus. To ministries like our Celebrate Recovery, standing right here on the stage, an individual saying, I have battled addiction, homelessness, poverty, a slew of other sins. Yet God is changing the things that I desire to make them the things that he would want for me. He is changing and transforming me. And we're able to baptize him. Or finally, maybe the picture of the Nikon family who stood in those waters together. And as an entire family said, we have decided to follow Jesus. And then finally for me, and probably the most exciting thing that is worth celebrating because we're a church focused on those who don't know Jesus. In the last year through October, we have had 198 people decide to begin a relationship with Jesus. I think that's worth celebrating church. It's good. (laughs) So here's the challenge for the rest of this year. I want to revisit this one more time. Read it with me. Do not be misled. Remember, you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. What are you planting? Those who live, this is the Galen translation, those who live selfishly and for themselves will harvest, ultimately, decay and death. Scripture says there's two roads, a wide road and a narrow road. Wide is the gate. It looks like fun and it's great, but it leads to death. Narrow is the road that leads to life. So those who live to please the Spirit, to live as God would want them to, to follow Him, will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So friends, and I would say, so first Nazarene, let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's press on. For at just the right time, it may be now, it may be later, but in God's time, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. If We do not give up. So therefore, think about the opportunities we have. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of the faith. Quickly today, do not give up. Or for those of you that are new in the last six months, I'd say it's time to get started. Even if you're new and you say, how can I be a part of this place? Join us in the work of planting by praying, inviting, engaging, and investing. And I would say this, uh, this is my caution, the larger a thing gets, typically, the fewer people that participate. Um, I think of it this way, have you ever been driving down the road and see a construction project going on? Uh, You live in Illinois, of course you have, probably every day, potholes everywhere. And it's been my observation, could be wrong on this, uh, when I drive by, if there's a big project going by, there's like 20 people working on this project, Are there 20 people working on this, working? I feel like oftentimes I'll look over and one dude is like running the machinery. He's making it happen. There's about 19 other people that are standing around like this, drinking their coffee, talking, laughing, having a good time. I mean, I could be wrong, that's at least what I see. I don't know if you see that when you're driving down the road. The temptation is often the bigger something is, the fewer people actually participate. I would actually say for each one of us individually, not as a church, if I could sit down, if I didn't have a microphone in my hand, it was one-on-one and coffee, here's what I would tell you. If you do these things, if you pray every day, if you invite people, if you engage in serving, if you, if you give, I want to tell you, your spiritual life will increase at an exponential level because when God starts answering those prayers, someone you know and love finds Jesus and eternal life. When you invite someone and they start coming to church and a year later their life is completely different than it was a year ago and you're like, oh my goodness, I had a part to play in that person's story. When you engage and you're serving and you're serving in kids and you see the light bulb moment come on for a kid, you're like, God is using me in their life. When I'm in my group and there's somebody who's struggling and they need something and we together as a group met that person's need, oh my goodness, we're a part of this. When we invest and we see how God is blessing our church and using it, and you say, I was a part of that, individually, if you do these things, your spiritual life will grow deeper and closer to God. If you want something different than your spiritual life than you're experiencing today, you must do something different. If I could suggest doing these things, these are the things over time God has always blessed. Would you join us in the work of planting? For this year, continue to pray. For the rest of the year, could you set your clocks for 431? Pray with us for someone to know Jesus. This year, would you invite with us, when we look at the rest of the year and what we have, could you invite a friend, a neighbor to a Sunday morning? Ask them to join your life group with you. Probably my personal favorite, and sorry for the bias, but our upcoming men's bears and barbecue night. If you like smoked pork and ribs, we got guys in the church who are smoking the meat. Monday night football game on the 27th. You invite guys to come and join us here at the church. Watch the football game together. We have a devotional at halftime. Could you invite them? Could you invite a family you know to our Naz Kids Christmas party? Could you invite a senior you know to our senior adult Christmas lunch? Or a Christmas series this year where I believe that God has shaped my thinking and what we're sharing in Christmas where people this year in an unexpected place and an unexpected time in their life can find joy and peace and hope and love? Could you invite others the rest of this year? Could you engage this year? Would you sign up to join a ministry team and serve every other week or serve in the ways we've highlighted, bringing joy at Christmas, buying Christmas presents for kids that otherwise may not get one, to show up and decorate, to serve in our Christmas Eve service, or finally to invest to take a look at your level investment and say, God, if I'm gonna lean in or step up, God, could you bless me in ways that I have not seen before and to lean in for the rest of this year? Practically, because some of you are insiders who wonder where we're at as a church, investing, we are level from where we were a year ago. It will take November and December to meet where we were a year ago. The good news is is the people that are giving is up 10%, but again, this is about our future and wondering what God can do with us. With all of this in mind, our final verse today, 2 Corinthians 9. Remember, as you plant in all the areas of your life, in your relationships, your children, your friendships, family, everything, remember, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give And don't do it reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And then God will generously provide all that you need. I would add to it, be confident of this, Philippians 1.6. The God who began the good work in you, he will be the one to carry it to completion. Church this year, let's finish 2023 strong. Six Sundays till Christmas. That's crazy to think about. Let's finish this year, strong. Do the work of planting and let's celebrate and see what God will do in and through us. Would you pray with me as we close today? God, I'm thankful that we are not in this work alone and we recognize and submit that ultimately the church is your church. God, as we do our best to do the things that we believe that you have called us to do, would you pour out your blessing upon these people? God, I pray for the person who is here today and who is far from you, but maybe has a heart open to seek you. Would you challenge them to look at what they're planting in their life and what it's resulting in? And God, would you bring about life within them? God, for us as a church, help us to step up and continue to do the work you've called us to do and pour out your blessing. God, as you do, we will give you all of the praise and honor and thanks for blessing us. God, as we respond in just a moment, would you fill us with the joy of recognizing the good things that you have done in and through this place. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. And hey, thanks again for joining us for the First Naz podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.